0: All right, we're back with another episode. It's the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast from Tokyo, Japan. As usual. As usual, yes. We are based in Tokyo. And this podcast is about the international community. We focus on mainly foreigners, and we like to highlight all of the cool and awesome things they're doing. You know, people um, in the music world, um in the entertainment uh tv uh movie world um entrepreneurs we have all types of people out here doing awesome things from all over the world yeah that's what we're about
1: i'm cliff shakla buddha in the house we're here in the uh in the mobile man cave in tokyo kicking back enjoying life and uh let's get the party started my brother
0: yes the mobile man cave um, yeah, a lot of people like the mobile man cave.
1: Of course, I wanted to call the ghetto studio, but you know, you guys didn't <laughs> like the connotation. So I was like, "All right, cool." Yeah, yeah. I guess you can. yeah, It is yeah, a lot like of beautiful it. things come out of the ghetto. You know, definitely hip hop, R and B, country. I don't know.
0: Yeah, all right. Like so the lotus flower. <laughs> Our guest today is a woman who's doing awesome things here. Um, she has her own company. I'll let her introduce herself.
2: Okay. My name's Chioma anyel um, I'm a founder and director of a company called Anyal, We're a digital marketing company based here in Tokyo, Ikebukuro. And uh, basically, I started the company five years ago with a mission to help global brands in Japan and um, to basically connect uh, with their audience and their market here. And also, bridge the gap between the global companies, the brands, and the Japan entities. Awesome,
0: awesome, awesome.
2: Well, we, we're definitely going to
0: talk about this journey. How, how do you get to that point, man? I mean, you know, it's a wonderful thing to be able to operate and um, own something here in Japan. And, you know, because it's pretty, it can be pretty tough for a lot of people we're trying to penetrate this uh, society and, yeah. you know, business world here. So, um, Yeah, and you're from UK, right? Yeah,
2: I'm from Manchester in England. Okay,
0: all right, all right. Manchester in the house. (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I think, have we had any? We've had a few people from UK. Right, we had the
1: one lady who was uh, the vegan vegan lady. uh, God, I can't think of her name. Hope she forgives me, but... Yes.
0: Yeah, you know, we, you know, and that's one of the things I, I wanted to do more of was to get... You know we're Americans, and we've had we've had a lot of Americans on, but I'm trying to get more people from other places as well, with different perspectives. And um, of course, we like to highlight where they're from as well, just so you to get the so people can get the big picture here. You know that not everybody mm. here is American or even uh, from UK or whatever. So you know, yeah, there's yeah, yeah. people from all over the world here. That's right. Doing cool stuff. So how how this happened? How did you come to Japan and what was the...
2: Ah, okay. So yeah, a bit of a long story. Mm -hmm. Um, Before I actually came to Japan, I've been here for 15 years now. Uh And um, before I came, I was working in marketing in the city of London. Um, Typical big corporations like Lloyds of London, London Metal Exchange. Um, I did a bit of traveling for those jobs. Um, I had to go into Europe to take care of our uh, European subsidiaries. And that gave me a bit of the travel bug. Um, so when I finished those contracts, I decided to basically quit the corporate life and do a bit of backpacking. Um, so I ended up going to maybe about 23 or 24 countries. Wow. Yeah, yeah. And some of some of those places, not just backpacking, but doing a little bit of um, part-time work in bars and ho- hostels and things like that as well. This is Lee Wehara, host of the House of Life NYC, and you're listening to the Raw Urban Mobile Podcast.
0: Wow, that's some serious backpacking now. Yeah. 23 countries?
2: Yeah, I think over the time period, must have been about two years, but during that time I would uh, often go home briefly as well, back to the UK, do a bit of work, um, sort stuff out, and then just head back out, okay. literally wherever I felt like going.
0: Now I'm not going to ask you to list all the countries, but <laughs> that'd be too yeah, much. Yeah, I can't even remember them.
2: All.
0: <laughs> but what were some of the favorite your favorite countries to uh, backpack in?
2: Favorite countries to backpack in. Um, one of them maybe Israel. Believe it or not, wow. Israel's really interesting place. At that time, is um, maybe oh could be nearly twenty years ago. Okay, um, I was a kibbutz volunteer, so I really lived with the local people on the kibbutz communities. And did some volunteer work like um, picking apples and stuff like that. It was just, <laughs> honestly, it was, a, gr- it was just a great experience. I think the best thing was um, the mix of cultures over there um, and very, very different to what I think the outside world might think of the place. Okay. Um, people are extremely friendly. When they get to know you, they treat you like your own family. And um, people really enjoy um, music a lot. Um, I went. To, I did a lot of raves and parties there. Oh, nice. Oh, yeah. And they have a lot of holidays as well, a lot of religious holidays. So There's a lot of time to enjoy yourself as well and um, relax with their families. Um, so Israel was a really great place. And also the weather is fantastic. Okay. Yeah, you can go skiing in the north, far, far north. And you can go down to the desert, of course, um, on the Egyptian border, which is actually what I did. I crossed over into Egypt as well from there on foot. So that was a fantastic place, yeah. Oh.
0: any um, Anything that you didn't like or you found a little challenging?
2: Um, didn't like. I, w- I can't say there's a lot I didn't like about the country. I would say it's different because, um, of course, in Israel, there at that time, there was a lot of um, bombs going off, a lot of terrorism. Yes, So wow. it, was a, it was a little bit scary because uh, I remember one time I got off a train, Uh, Near a place called Haifa, nearby. And I remember walking out of the train station and there wasn't an exit. There was just a few cops standing around with, there are always cops everywhere, Uh and um, checking bags as usual. So I asked, so where's the exit? Oh, it was blown up yesterday, two days ago, (laughs) I think. Oh, yeah, oh, yeah. That's how it was, yeah. Wow. Yeah. Um, So there's a lot of security is high um you get used to it but there's things like whenever you enter the country and whenever you go into um like a department store you always have to have your bags checked things like that you get used to it but it's a little bit you know uncomfortable at first Mm. so they're the things that you have to get used to but apart from that there wasn't anything i would say i don't like necessarily food was great too
0: gotcha wow Mm. It was blown up yesterday. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, it happened. I remember it also happened, uh,
2: Damascus Gate in uh, Jerusalem. I think I left, Uh and a few days later, I went from Jerusalem to um, Tel Aviv, and then after I was in the hostel for a couple of days, and then there was reports, oh, there was a bomb went off in the area that I had been staying a few days before. That's how it was. Wow. Yeah, yeah. A a bar that we used to go to, Mike's Bar, on the... um, Beach in Tel Aviv that was bond I remember during around the same time I was there too. That yeah, yeah. you said Mike's Bar. Yeah, it was what, called Mike's Bar. Is, from what I remember, m- uh, on the beach. American
0: owner or a ah, foreign owner. I yeah.
2: don't know. You but, know? Okay. Yeah.
1: Oh, cool man. Wow. Yeah.
2: Um, <laughs> so that was so, one of the great places. <laughs>
1: Did you, um, let's say, mm. were people like, uh, you said it was real friendly and yeah. you had raves and things, this, that, and the other. Yeah. But did you feel like, uh, okay, uh, they just bombed this place here. Mm. They just they just uh, blew up this. So when you're holding way- raves, mm. you know, these were like. On the Israeli side, or was it on the Palestinian side? Or, oh, but
2: because I was
1: a little curious about uh, that, because you know the Muslims are pretty tight about you know from what I hear from the media, right. you know things like that type of music may be forbidden and this that oh. and the other. So,
2: ah, oh, well, you know the country is uh, at that time anyway. I mean, you you would go to a, um, a club and. Um, you know, you don't really know who's who, and I don't think anyone really cares. It's a very, very different to what you might see on the news. But I'm talking about 20 years ago. I don't know what it's like now. Mm-hmm. But that isn't really the conversation at that time. People really, really want to enjoy themselves. Mm. So I never came across any of that. But then I'm not I'm not from there, so yes. probably wasn't really in that. I was in my own bubble to some extent. Yes.
1: So at that time, were you concerned that you, you kind of, like, stood out? Amongst the
2: Um yeah, n- I wasn't concerned about standing out.
0: <laughs> <laughs> she's, she's just having fun. back Um
2: yeah, and also Raven. There were, there were a lot of travellers from different countries. Okay. A lot of travellers uh, at that time staying in hostels. So um I might have stood out, but I don't think I don't think it was in a negative way. Gotcha. Actually. Yeah.
0: All right. Uh, how about just give us one more country uh, that
2: you Okay, really one enjoy. more country that I enjoy that I went to. Um, everybody says Thailand's a great place. I've Love been there it. about five times now, I think. Um, great place, I guess, because easy to get around. Um, I did a month backpacking across the whole of Thailand f- from the north all the way down to south. I took um, a local bus, so I traveled down the real dirt you know the hardcore dirty way which is it was fun it was hot and humid i remember that we would stop off you know it's just me and loads of local people i was the only foreign person on the bus and they'd stop somewhere in the middle of nowhere you'd have five minutes to get out there'd be some shanty town sort of restaurant you'd go and the food would be waiting for you eat quickly and then back on the bus type (laughs) thing yeah it's a great place did you do the elephant I I think I'm yes probably Ride the elephant. Um, on one of my trips, yeah. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> one, one of my trips to Thailand.
0: Yeah, I've never been there, but I've ever s- had
1: to like the big python around. You know, they put the python on your shoulder and it. Yeah, you not know, really. You pay them a little money and they <laughs> let you hold the python. Python or how about the uh what the what did, they call did they you get got on a the elephant? snake charmer. I never got on the element, elephant, but I, you know, did the python, python, python? thing, mm, and okay. uh, wow. yeah, yeah, it was fun. Did you eat was, like uh, I ate eat insects and all that stuff? I yeah, thinking. I ate in- insects. Yeah, <laughs> ate the bugs and everything. <laughs> I, ate. I, I as a matter of fact, when they had the. Uh, Thai festival here mm. uh, last summer, I was eating the bugs, man. You know, a
2: little sprinkle, a little
1: garlic flavor. How about yourself? Yeah. Uh,
2: I've, not tri- I've not tried the bugs because <laughs> I was living with them when I was backpacking. So, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just, great
1: source of protein.
2: Uh, that's very true. That's But they've got other great sources of protein <laughs> there, too. Now, it's like in, one of the interesting points about I remember experience I had in Thailand was um, I think it was on an island called Koh Tao mm. and a small diver's island walking around with, I think I was on my own late at night, going back to my room, one room with no window, and a group of rabid-looking dogs following me. (laughs) Oh, oh yeah, you know, it's scary stuff. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: You've been in in some scary situations. Yeah, There's Uh. many,
2: there's many. And The thing is, you know, you have to sort of, like, trust the people around you because there's absolutely nothing you can do. Um, So I think in that situation, I saw, like, some people and just sort of walked towards them because you know if you're in a group it's always better cuz the dogs are all together it's it's yeah a bit scary
1: seafood's great
2: seafood's delicious yeah, yeah. cheap yeah extremely cheap yeah food in general yeah. tasty
0: you know just just from you talking about mm. thailand and um israel you've been in, you've been close to danger um has that? It, it seems like that that doesn't stop you from going to a place, you know. No, knowing, it didn't. Yeah, in those days.
2: Yeah. <laughs> it might do now, but th- those days I I didn't care. You didn't. You just no. young and,
0: you yeah. know, I because I I actually did some time in the service, right? And I was uh, stationed in um Italy,
2: okay,
0: mm. Yeah, south, uh, and so I I was taking a vacation, me and my coworkers, and we were going. We were trying to, well, co-worker, it was just one person this time. I'm thinking about Prague. But, yeah, we went to, we were trying to go to Germany. And so, like, with the military, you have to kind of, uh, you know, you have to put in your, they say, leave requests or vacation mm. requests. And, and and so we put it in, and then, like, you know, the boss was like, all right, um, I don't have any issues with you going to Germany, but you might want to take a look at this. And he sent me this link. Um, CNN article, and it was like something about there was like a bomb threat for Berlin at the time, mm. and so he's like, yeah, I'm, you know, it, it seems to be okay, and and we're not gonna stop you from going, but we just, I just wanted to let you know, and I'm just, and me and my buddy, we were just like. I don't care, you know. <laughs> like when you're young, yeah. yeah. You know, you you're don't. You're adventurous, and, you're yeah, adventurous and, and you want to so travel. Yeah. And then me and my buddy we was like, "Shit, we already paid for the ticket, so I mean, <laughs> we go, <laughs> we're gonna." But you know, when I, when we got to Germany, honestly, I didn't even think about it—not one time.
2: Mm.
0: You know, although there was a bomb threat for Germany that weekend that we were going, nothing that nothing ever happened. Mm. So, not to say that nothing can't happen, but you yeah. know, I guess when you're young and dumb, you just. Just go, you know.
2: Yeah. Well, that, that that I can agree with that. Yeah. Yeah.
0: yeah. I mean, you, you want to do it with caution, but mm. you don't also want to let that stop you from from traveling yeah. the world, right? Because there are going to be things it in can every happen country, any, anywhere. anywhere. Yeah. yeah can especially happen at these home. days. Yeah. Especially mm. these days. Yeah. All these terrorist attacks we dealt with, but
1: yeah. Anyway. When it's your time, it's your time. Mm. Enjoy life. Live in the moment. Yeah. So
0: now you say you did some some marketing back in in the UK yeah. and. Um, and I guess you got away from that, and then how what what led you to Japan? What was that moment? So you did the backpacking yeah twenty three countries mm. and then you're in Japan.
2: How did I get from the yeah. backpacking? Well, um the part of the same thing um when I was in Israel, actually, uh, maybe the second time, mm. I had a couple of uh, friends who were from um, Korea who I shared a room with one one really nice lady, and we became really good friends and then when it was a time to decide, okay. Where am I going to go next year? Um, I thought, okay, I'll go to Korea. Look, you know, great people. The food is obviously great. I'll go there. Um, so I did a bit of research. Um, but it didn't seem like an easy place to um, get a, you know, like a job at the time, like a part-time job, um, something easy to get me by. Um, so a, fr- a friend of mine um, from New Zealand who was staying in with us on the kibbutz, um, she had been to Japan. Mm worked in as an English teacher for Nova. And she said, okay, why don't you give that a try? Because if you go to Japan, it's really easy. Get a job. They'll help you find an apartment as well. And then from there, you can just go over to um, Korea anytime you like because it's really close by. So I thought, okay, I'll do that. And that's how I ended up in Japan.
0: Oh, wow. (laughs) That (laughs) easy?
2: um, Well, yes, to be honest, because at the time um, in England and other countries, Companies like Nova, those English schools, were doing international recruiting. So, um, of course, I went back to England as usual, and I applied in the UK, did my interviews in London, and I got the job. It was really easy in those days, yeah.
0: Yeah, I mean, you know, that's a way, that's a normal way that people come here, you know, via Mm. some type of English program, you know, like JET.
2: um, Yeah, yeah.
0: Nova, And and how was that experience for you?
2: when I come over.
0: Yeah, teaching um, English in
2: Japan. Teaching English in Japan. Well, f- for me, I felt like it was just part of my backpacking experience at that time. I intended to come over, teach English, travel a little bit, and maybe move on to the next place. Um, the English teaching thing was great. It was fun uh, because you come straight into a situation where you've got other people in the same same situation as you, young, um, exactly, you know, want to travel and enjoy themselves. Straight away, community, got somewhere to live. Um, generally speaking, the schools are, you know, it's easy going. It's, it's, it's not a difficult job. It wasn't at that time. Um, so I really enjoyed it. Yeah. Um, but I did realize, um, within a year that, okay, you know, I want to do something else and I want to stay as well.
0: That's, uh, something that some people try to do as well. They mm. get here and for whatever reason, um, they want to move on and some people are still looking to move on yeah. and, and. and you know, it's not always easy trying to transition from out of teaching into something else. How, how difficult was that for you?
2: To transition out of teaching? Yeah. Um, well, I stayed into, te- I, I mean, I moved to different types of jobs, like from the Akiwa school type thing to more, I, I think I did um, junior high school and high school for a while, maybe a year. And then um, I transitioned over into recruitment briefly. Again, that was one of those easy things to walk into because I already had a business background before I came to Japan, but I wasn't really into it because it was very much a sales sales job. Okay, Um, it wasn't the HR side of things that I like, the people, you know, side of things that I really like. It's more the sales. Um, So I stay. So I went from that to then becoming a business um, business trainer, business English trainer. So going to companies and training their staff on things like negotiation skills, meeting skills, um, presentation skills, etc., And I did that for a long time because that I was able to be freelance and the money was good. And I was able to work in so many different companies in Tokyo and actually outside Tokyo. I've worked in almost all of the major companies, you know, Toyota, Honda. Um, I've worked at Itochu for a while um the the big advertising companies, both densu I've worked at Hakodo oh no, yeah, I mean this is this is like doing training, but at the same time, because you have an opportunity to talk to people directly, and for me, I got the opportunity to talk to a lot of the very high level executives because I'd been doing it for a while. I became the person who the agency would send to work with the top of the company because, you know, I'd been doing it a while and I was able to handle them as they would put it. <laughs> <laughs> you know, certain ty- these you know, these high level people are, uh, you know, yeah, yeah, you, know yeah. you have to understand how to deal with them because mm. coming in as an instructor, you know, you have to sort of like not make them feel like they're a child or something like that. You have to come at, come at them at a certain level. And I had already been used to that because of my background. So because of that sort of Way I was able to engage with them, I became the person that I'd be sent to the top of a lot of these companies. Then um, that helped me too because I made a lot of connections. And then when I was ready to actually start my business, I was I was able to sort of engage with them, and one or, one or two of them helped me along my way as well. Yeah,
0: interesting. So you know, with teaching this mm-hmm. high level English um did you find that m- more interesting cuz i mean i mean i've never taught english full time mm-hmm. but i would think at some point you know the whole uh basic sentences how are you doing
2: Ah, uh, because what's your I favorite think, um, country and yeah because by the time i got to that to that that was the early days yeah when you get to a business trainer you're not it's not the one sentences you're talking about exactly you know how to manage a, a, a business um situation conference a teleconference how to negotiate They'll at that level the students uh the employees or do you have a very high level of English okay, already? Okay. So it's teaching the skills, but in a in, in using English language and in a, in a more of a global sort of situation that they would be in real life. So that kind of stuff you're talking about, that was, I got out of that. Yeah. Yeah, I know what you mean. That, yeah. That, that got tired <laughs> quickly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah.
0: And, you know, and, and to adults too, when you have to kind of teach that kind of very basic yeah. level, so it's kind of, you mm. know, it takes the right kind of person to do that, right? Mm. Um, you have to really be in it. How um, easy was it for them to mm. to pick up on these skills, these skills that you were trying to teach them?
2: I think um, it, it was just a matter of them thinking about things in a in a different in a different cultural situation. because They're doing similar things already. I mean, at this level, they're already, you know, managing a meeting, aren't they? Yes. But they have to think about it in a different way. Like they're, they're going to be having a meeting with non-Japanese people, too. So it's more like that cross-cultural yeah. um, training was a lot of the, that was thrown in there. Yeah. Um, w- w- do, whether or not um, they sometimes got to use that really depended on the situation.
0: Okay. Mm. Yeah, I, I, I know. I uh, what was it? I was uh, I took some type of cross-cultural type of class, right? And it was talking about how Japanese culture is. Uh, forgot the terminology it was like high context Mm. low versus low context meaning that um a a lot of things you know people in the west are more upfront; they're more direct yeah and with their communication and with japan it was more about what was not said it was like you know reading the Mm, uh the air cookie you know you know reading the atmosphere Mm. so um yeah i find those cultural differences interesting you know with japan you, uh, you, you about to say no, no, go ahead, Okay, yeah. So how how was that for, for yourself as mm. like doing business here in Japan with Japanese? Were were you able to make that transition and understand those cultural nuances? Mm. Um, did it change your approach to where you do business here? Absolutely. Okay. Yeah,
2: because I've been in that situation where, like I said, I'm work already uh, engaging with people on that level already. So yeah. I came to understand, um, over the years how best to deal with those situations yeah and um, also you know um, to read the person in front of you um, the situation the person in front of you to look at not just not just the words but the you know there's a flicker in the eyes is something that changes and you know that 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 meet what that might mean something also to sometimes bring along a, J- a native Japanese person to yes. to make the atmosphere a little bit more comfortable for them it really depends on each situation um, but I think the most important thing is to understand that, you know, especially if they're your client, they're going to pay you eventually. Right. So you have to sort of adjust to their um, customs. Yeah, to some extent. But to another extent, they also didn't come to me to have something 100 percent standard, typical domestic Japanese. Right. So it's finding that balance often as well.
1: So when you were traveling to all these other countries, right, mm. what made you want to settle down in Japan? Was it because of the business potential? Because you could have done, you know, maybe you could have been working in Bangkok or mm. or, or in, uh, somewhere in Israel. I mean, every, every country has their big, mm. you know, thriving metropolis with the big, you know, they have the big business centers and this, that, and the other. So what made you settle on Japan?
2: Good question. Unfortunately, the answer isn't that interesting. (laughs) Well, (laughs) it was was just it was just timing. By the time I'd gotten here, I'd been travelling for a while, and um, I was just ready to stop. And because obviously, um, you know, Tokyo is very you know cosmopolitan, pretty easy place to live. Um, You know, diverse in in terms of there's lots of different types of people here. It was comfortable enough to be the place to stop. Yeah. It was just literally no, no, timing. No no, no stations.
0: stations. No stations <laughs> getting blown up. <laughs> that's <laughs> that's I, actually yeah. being able
1: to walk out of the exit. Right. Yeah, that that, that, that helps. <laughs> Go yeah. to the ATM at two in the morning. It's and true. No, it's count true. your money. Yeah. In yeah. the middle of the street, Why, not what? get robbed.
2: Yeah, all those things are nice, you know. So it was more to do with feeling comfortable living here. Not a, I wasn't looking at anything about opportunities because if that was the case, I would have gone back home.
0: Mm, yes. You know. Yeah. I've I've heard some people say that you know, with all of this, like, you know, the Kutu movement mm. and the, all the stuff that's coming up about um, inequality, gender yeah. inequality here in Japan. How do you feel as a woman here? Do you, because mm. I, I, in some some sense, what I'm getting from, like, people that I know who kind of vent on Facebook and all that yeah. type of stuff is that Japan is not as safe as one might think it is for women. Mm. And I know for us, it's well, you just mean, different. Physical
1: safety, or yeah,
0: physical safety, and mm. just just being a woman here in Japan, trying to um, yeah get you know become acclimated with society mm. and stuff like that. How is it it for you? Is there any difficulties as a woman?
2: Um, ah, uh, I have to say because of because of the fact that I'm from Manchester in England, this is extremely safe to me compared. Okay. Yeah, so. <laughs> You know, um, I'm living in London for a long time. Mm. I really feel very safe. I know that it's not as safe as um, people say it is, that's for sure. Yes. But I don't feel any, I don't. I really don't feel that. Also, being the fact that I'm pretty tall, mm. you know, yeah. <laughs> I'm athletic. <laughs> exactly. I sometimes feel, you know, walking down the street and maybe late at night, there's a group of guys, you know, they're more likely to be scared of me yes. than me scared of them. Yes. That's still, but I, I, I definitely get it. I do get it. It's just that because I think of the environment I'm from as well and what I know, this really is still feels extremely safe to yes. me. And, yes, yeah. and,
1: and it is. I think mm. you know for the most part. Right? Yeah, it's sort of like you're you're in this country. now. I'm a, I'm a big guy and everything, mm. but you're in this country. You don't you don't feel you feel secure for some reason. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You feel oh, like
2: oh yeah. Although know.
0: although I have to say that you know some of these recent incidents has mm. kind of got me like. All right, maybe I need to kind of pay attention a little more. Yeah, like, i must, with, with I the guy who stabbed up all the kids and like yeah. what was that Kawasaki?
2: Yeah, there's a there's a lot of. I mean, that was that's been going on for a long time. Yeah, yeah. but it just seems to be more in the news right now with yeah. the other familial yeah. sort of um, you know intra family stuff going on too. Mm. Um, but yeah, like I said, because of li- being from you know central Manchester, uh, well south South Manchester, lived in you know East London when I studied in London yeah Pretty I, rough areas not necessarily rough, it's just normal normal and then not is. only that we I, we've already gotten used to um having a consciousness yes of i'll know if somebody's watch you know following me yeah and i'll kind of i don't know naturally know. You know, to go sort of to the left, and then I've got this right eye on the people. Be- <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you can tell, right? <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah. Street, yeah. Smart. Street yeah. smart. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you Street know. Street smart. And I, you know, I, I did a lot of backpacking, so
0: that too. It just
2: know. comes. Na- it does come naturally. So I don't feel <coughs> the same way, maybe as someone who was maybe brought up here, where yeah. they weren't raised with that awareness. I was, so That's yeah. a great point. Yeah. yeah.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah, and so. Your company. How do you, uh, yeah, what? How do you get into that? What made you want to start your own company?
2: Um, well, I think um, after being here for like, you know, n- coming up to ten years, um, actually, if I go back a little bit, when mm-hmm. I, when I had been here for around six years, um, I decided, you know, there's nothing, you know, I'm teaching English here, it's okay, you know, um, but I didn't see a way to sort of have a longer career, so I actually went back to the UK in 2010. I packed my back, saved my money. And I was going to go to um, study sound engineering um, at the um, the School of Sound Engineering in Manchester. It's very famous. Uh, however, so I got back in 2010. But at the time, it was in the middle of a recession, like big recession. Um, there was no jobs. Um, well, I wasn't looking for a job at the time. I was going to go and study. But even the dean of the university said to me, you know, there isn't any jobs in music production right now. Um, The only jobs you you'd probably be able to get is um, as um, outdoor sound engineering, that kind of thing, which I'm really not interested in. And I thought, I really don't want to struggle. I'm going to have to, you know, do this for two years, live with my parents and struggle. I'm much older than the younger kids coming up um, in sound engineering. So I thought, I have a choice. Either I stay and stick it out or just go back to Japan. I went back to Japan. I stayed (laughs) in two, it was two months. So when I went back to Japan, I decided at that point, well, I'm going to stay for the long term, and if I'm going to stay, I'm going to make it myself, do what I have to do. So I came back with a mission that I'm going to do something. So that kind of, kind of led me into, okay, I really want to go back into what I did before, which was marketing. That's my background. Um, but of course, looking for jobs, it's, you know, it's difficult. I not my Japanese is not good enough. There just weren't, weren't the jobs for non-Japanese people or even Japanese people at the time. So I thought, well, I need to start thinking about, you know, Starting my own business. Yeah. And that's how it I got sort of on the way to starting it, yeah.
1: Now, was sound engineer another word for roadie?
2: It is at the, yeah, outdoor sound engineering roadie. Yeah, I'm not into that. I'm more of a studio. Yeah, you
1: don't look like the roadie type. <laughs> you
2: know? I didn't want to be on the roads so yeah, carrying jeans, big stuff. Yeah, no, yeah carrying no, those no. big
1: speakers. Yeah, you know, so that's what, I, boots. that's
2: what I tried to avoid. That's the only stuff that was um, apparently. Cigarette
1: up the side of your mouth, you yeah, know. Yeah, not
2: for uh, me. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> No, I was, just, well, I was just curious to a sound engineer? Sound like a roadie to me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So you got here in Japan, mm. um, Hey, uh, so you're starting your own business. Mm. Obstacles for women, you know, this is kind of like a male-dominated uh, society, yeah. you know, here and this, that, and the other, and yeah. then here it is, this gaijin female yeah. is coming in to break this yeah. barrier. <laughs> Did you see any obstacles or, as, as you said mm. before, you could read like body language and this, mm. that, and the other. What was it
2: like? Um okay I'm I'm going to give you a very unpopular answer. I, I oh, love we, we, we love it.
1: unpopular answers. I we love, love it. Um
2: the um the, the fact about being a woman was the least of my problems to be honest. The big problems were things like how are you going to get financing? Mm, right? Yes. Okay? And that who are you going to work with? Who's going to support you? Being a woman is the was the last thing that's going to be an obstacle to me to be absolutely honest. And and again, one other thing that it's, again, not, not often people talk about is the fact that Japanese people are extremely helpful, Yes. to be honest with you. And yes. also, remember, I'd been here for a while, so I'd made some connections. Mm. They're more interesting to, you know, they're so excited, the fact that, oh, you're going to try to start your own business. People love that. This is a country made up of small businesses that turned into huge, you know, conglomerates. So the idea of a mamas and pops, everybody respects that. Yes. Then there wasn't much of the fact people were kind of surprised that you would I would want to do it. But there was no nothing like a barrier more to do with more pride than anything else that I felt.
1: Oh, OK. I, so. So in other words, to the, the message, you would say for the Japanese women also, it's more of a mindset than a
2: 100 uh, percent. Because it it's not that it, of course it's there, but it's you know how you deal with it is because, again, what's in your mind. And also, well, the way I see it was what else am I going to do? I'm not going to be a teacher. Right, uh, so I'm going to do it myself.
0: And then, and then, going back to something you said, you know, just I guess grow, grow, being from Manchester and mm. not growing up in this culture, mm. you have a different mindset. You yes. look at things different, and Absolutely. you and, and you just said, okay, I'm not going back to teaching. No, I'm not. I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna move forward and do this. So yeah, it's yeah. like I, I wonder how many women who want to move on or want to do something different have that mindset
2: they'll have a different mindset yeah it'll be i need to find a husband yeah
0: yeah (laughs) that's right (laughs) yeah that's
2: nothing wrong with that but i see the same type of um determination with with my friends to find a man you know so So it it really depends on what you want um and how much energy you put into it i'm not saying it's going to happen easily because it really isn't there's nothing easy about it nothing at all. What yeah. were
1: some of the obstacles that you, you know, I know you say that they're very helpful yeah. and they get excited when they hear about a person saying, hey, I want to start a business here. Mm. But there had to have been some obstacles. There had to be. Oh, yeah, some, of
2: course. The ob- I mean, you mean with individuals?
1: With individuals, with, uh, I don't know, competitors. I, I don't know.
2: Um.
1: Or just, or just, I would say,
0: just knowing how to get that ball rolling, like
2: yeah, they're, they're more. That's more, I would say, the the difficulty. I won't call them obstacles. It's you know, you have to take them as they come. If you're talking obstacles, maybe language was difficult, so yeah. you deal with that first. Okay, let me ask my friend to help me. Then somebody who's reliable, Japanese speaker. Um, you know, you bring them along. You you know, you have to give them something to help you, pay them or take them out for a drink, whatever. But they're gonna help you get to the next stage, right? My Japanese is never going to be fluent. Well, fluent, okay, but it's never going to be bilingual. So I'm going to need that person or people like that anyway. So okay, that helps that situation.
0: And I think that's pretty much common knowledge to uh, people who, you know, who's been here long enough. Mm. You know you're, at some point you're going to need some Japanese yeah. person to help you um, in this society.
1: Mm. Um, yeah, if you don't know, you better ask somebody, right? Yeah, we've yeah. had.
0: Our guest on in the, uh, in the past, um Tracy.
1: Uh, oh yeah, yeah.
0: She owns is. a bar and, and, and restaurant. Have and you
1: ever heard of the uh Pink Cow? Yeah, I know. Yeah, so mm. <laughs>
0: she mentioned the same thing about how you know her partner, not
1: like mm. her her uh, business partner. Yeah. Was so a in other Japanese words, in Japan, and, you need a Japanese. You 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 do well, to not to only for language but.
2: Um, the, maybe the, to
1: make the other people feel comfortable. Or? It's
2: useful. It, well, depends on who you work, who you're, um, who you t- who you're working with. I mean, if your audience or your clients are going to be like s- typical Japanese, then maybe, yeah. Mm-hmm. But that might not necessarily be your audience. There could be foreigners. It could yeah. be inbound tourism. Yeah. So each audience is different. Um, but I look at. Each obstacle, take each obstacle as it comes. I mean, there's, there's, there's plenty, but it's not necessarily things about being a woman. It's going to be administration. Okay, now I yes. need to get, I need to find a place to, to start up my business or get um, um, a room or an office. I've, I've got an office in Ikebukuro and I had one in, in uh, Shinjuku. Now, it's difficult. It was difficult to do that um, when you are non-Japanese. Yeah. You have Japanese to be able to person. read
0: documents and, and understand. They will, and if
2: you also, if you, the business is owned by you um, as a foreign person, then they might not trust yes. that business. So there's that too. So I had to do things like my, not business partner, but somebody who's helping me actually had the business in his name in the beginning until I became a permanent resident and then I could have the business oh. in my name. Yeah. So because it has I,
1: nothing to do with being married to a Japanese?
2: No. <laughs> uh, 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 Ding. No, not really. Yeah, yeah.
0: You didn't have to do that. Yeah.
2: Oh no. Yeah. You just need. You, need
0: some, you, need
1: you have some to have it. You just need somebody to have it in a Japanese person, and you put it in their name uh, until you got your permanent. Yeah, residency. but it's not a matter of
2: putting in their name. They started the company in their name, mm. and I was an, and I was the employee basically. Mm. And then when it came time to take to take over, then the the company. Changed, so it's that not that company more changed the name, and it's all is in my name. It's it's all practical situ- situation.
1: So so you had that agreement with that Japanese yes, person absolutely prior to yeah. It absolutely. wasn't none of this. Hey, business going nope. well? Uh, no, nope.
2: no, it was all official above the board because there's things like tax oh. included. That if he owns the business or I own the business, then you have to pay business tax. Um, if you have a, a member of staff, then you're going to have um, you know cash flow, not cash flow, but um, you have to pay tax on on them as well. So these things have to be sorted out because that person who owns the business officially has things that they have to, responsibilities that mm. they have to take care of. Yes. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. And Wow. I mean, yeah, you're shedding some. Yeah, Yeah. getting enlightened here. Yeah, getting enlightened here. Hopefully uh, this helps somebody who's thinking about
1: it. You know. <laughs> well, okay. uh, you know, I guess it was uh, the person was married to a Japanese. Yeah. And then when they started the business, they just put it in their wife's name.
2: Okay I, guess that's a, oh, okay, I guess that's yeah. a way you could do it, but you yeah. don't have to. Hey, dude, let's get married
1: until we, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. that. Yeah. <laughs> right, I'll
2: give that, a, I'll give that <laughs> I'm leaving your ass when this business gets off
1: the ground now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah,
2: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Mm. All right, so the company, what is Anyal? Anyal?
2: Well, actually, I, another uh, lazy and, and uninteresting reason, because it's half of my family name. When I was young, uh-huh. um, I used to call my, because my name is Anyauluechi, it's too long, and I used to call myself Chioma Anyal. Okay. Then when I was thinking about the name of the business, I just couldn't think of anything quickly enough. (laughs) (laughs) And then I was thinking, oh, you know, I started using some uh, acronyms like B A C D G in those days lots of business had acronyms (sighs) and it's just ridiculous. And I thought, okay, well, you know what? My name begins with A. That'll get me at the top of the list for everything. Um, A N, great. But Anyal, okay, but then that's that's i did a lot of research that's like a typical russian name sometimes i thought okay put a hyphen that also makes it easy to pronounce and yell and it's easier to pronounce in japanese okay go with that
1: sounds okay. like a fashion brand the way it rolls off over of time well you know Daniela that's good because <laughs> <laughs> we Uche are Uche we are
2: we do we are a lifestyle we we um we do specialize in lifestyle
1: you ought to make your own bag though i bet you to sell out just the name <laughs> and yeah I, I might even buy a bag. <laughs>
0: Alright, so that's how you came up with the name, yeah, yeah when I first learned I think I came across your Facebook
1: page and mm-hmm. I was like,
0: hmm I wonder what that means. And y'all yeah, I know. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. And me being from Louisiana I looked at it and I was like, and y'all. And y'all. <laughs> 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 yeah, I was like, nah, that ain't gonna
0: <laughs> <sighs> right. So and, and you said your company is a is a is a digital marketing yeah, agency company. and it's you focus on lifestyles lifestyle
2: right? beauty and lifestyle brands and products and services, yeah
0: okay, and it's cosmetics along with that right you yeah you deal so with beauty a lot of- yeah,
2: beauty is one side, so beauty is like our absolute specialist area okay because we are the only we're probably the only smaller agency that specializes in beauty, but apart from that, we deal with a lot of different types of lifestyle brands, I mean of course fashion. Um, food, okay. um, confectionery, um, things like furniture and interior um, products, lots of various different things, yeah. What
1: about the food brands? Name some of the food brands because my um, mouth is watering now.
2: Unfortunately, I cannot. Yes. But I can, oh, okay, give okay. I can give you a hint. We did have one uh, recently which is um, very famous confectionery. It's a very sweet, okay. and it's number four. Um, (laughs) in (laughs) in the rankings of soft candy in Japan. Oh, nice! Yeah,
0: nice, nice, nice. Like, how was it? Like trying to establish yourself in this in this industry is is it, like, what are some of the things you have to do to um
2: get your brand out there and and for people to trust you
0: and want to work Mm. with you?
2: Um, you really have to position yourself um in the market because um. What we realized at first, we started off by being um, a business that wanted to help small businesses, entrepreneurs, et cetera. That's, you know, that that's the you know values of, of us where we started, where I started. But to be honest, the revenue coming from that just wasn't enough at all. So we thought, OK, well, you know, don't put it on the back burner. But that has to be another part of things. We have to aim higher. Because to support our resources, our staff, which we need to keep in house, because we need to get that, you know, make sure we can get that higher revenue and make more of a profit. To support them, we need to ha- work with brands that have a bigger budget and are willing to spend it. Okay, who are they? They're going to be the ones who want to do mo- who have to have to continuously market products, products that keep releasing over and over and over again. Beauty, cosmetics, nonstop, lifestyle, nonstop. These guys have got money to spend. So in terms of um, raising the uh, positioning of our company, you really have to focus on what they see as being, um, what they aspire to as well. So everything, everything on the surface, everything, content that comes out has to be a certain level that matches their brand value and their brand equity. So for beauty brands particularly, um, you know, the price point might be fairly low-ish, but if it's a hair care brand, it could be 5,000 yen for one product. That's still quite a lot. Uh, and that they may consider themselves as a high-level brand. Okay, so you have to think about then what's their expectation when they look at your website? What do they want to see? Okay. Something shabby? I don't think so. Yes. So then that brings up the level of everything. And then also the service, what are you going to provide compared to a big agency that they might go to? why would they go to us instead of going to a big agency you have to start thinking about those things as well yeah
0: okay. yeah you know there was a um well first let me ask you this the what do you think are some differences with operating in a japanese market um marketing to cuz you know i've 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 been to some kind of like marketing meetups and mm. and what was mentioned was that um you you have to have a you have to have some cultural knowledge mm, yes, to go with how you know to go with your marketing. Yeah. To, if you, if you're trying to market to Japanese people, so I, I wanted to ask you what 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 are some of those things that you kind of uh, you have learned from from marketing here in Japan that may um, that this may be different here or not? It's extremely not different. Basically,
2: okay. the way people live their normal lives. I mean, I've been here a long time. And um you know, a lot of my friends I've, you know I've been dragged to a lot of uh, funerals and weddings, and I've really mingled with uh, local people um thrown in at the deep end. It just, I would say, um, take it as it is, you know, not to compare, it's not worth comparing, it's not the same. And also work working with um, as I say, real Japanese people as opposed to Japanese um, who are very, very global, you know international. So that they they have a different think natural thinking or automatic thinking, it's the normal people um with their on social media or whatever there's there's the people to focus on they are the market um so differences are like people's everyday lifestyles completely different, okay, really, yeah,, yeah.
0: a lot of companies try to penetrate this market mm. with the same strategies and practices, yeah, and they fall flat on their face yeah. because. They forget the cultural aspect, and and because mm. y- you would think that whatever your success was back in the states or wherever else, mm. that it it would kind of translate. But it's like no, sometimes you just, you got you have to really dig in, and, yeah, and, and absolutely and change your approach. One hundred percent change um, yeah. your approach.
2: I mean, part of what we do is that localization strategies okay. as well. Yes, um, you know, usually actually the brands that we work with already have a presence here in Japan, but their um, strategies or objectives are coming f- from somewhere else. You know, it could be America, it could be Europe. Um, so they really need help themselves, and the if they've got an office here, which they usually do, in executing that strategy, or de- developing that strategy for the local market. So even the Japan operation, they may not be able to execute um, that strategy. Um, so we have to kind of bridge that gap. And um, we always say, we have the conversation all the time with um, brands at a global um, level that um, really to not compare things to how they are in a different country Mm. and take things really at the local level. So, you know, almost like starting from the beginning with your audience profiles that they would have already developed them for a different country. Well, you need to start again because Japanese people are different, their lifestyles. Um, the history, whatever, yes. how things play are completely different. So we will often do um, audience profiles um, if they haven't already been done or we will adapt them or sort of address, address them, analyze them again and keep adapting them because people's lifestyles are changing all the time, the way they buy, um, you know, they socialize, using digital, et cetera. Yeah.
0: So give us just some type of cultural or cultural point, cultural tidbit that, that might factors into how you market to Japanese people, um, everyday Japanese person. It's just something that you've kind of learned just going through.
2: One of the b- very, very basic and most, um, not important, but the things that affect people here <laughs> at the most basic level, is things like the, the weather, the seasons. I'm telling you, wow. the seasons. Everything that we do, because we're, we do lifestyle brands, that's the first thing we think about. Seasons, seasons. Yeah, because it affects people so much. Yes. Yeah. And yeah.
0: S- spring is a big season here, right?
2: Well, I mean, look at this. We've got awful. It's July and yeah. it's still raining. <laughs> this <laughs> right, affects right. everybody's, yes. you know, including us now. Yeah. Like our, our, I mean, month, tomorrow is supposed to be sea day. Everyone is supposed to go to the beach, right? Exactly. So things like that. Um, understanding what affects people on a day-to-day basis. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. I. I saw an article. Yeah. Wasn't it, it was an article that you. Put- company posted on Facebook about um, the collaboration with uh, Naomi Watanabe. Oh, yeah. Yeah. And what's the brand? I'm losing.
2: Uh, Shu Uemura.
0: Yeah, Shu Uemura. Yeah. And and it's interesting how she's become such like this this huge influencer, um, yeah. brand influencer and stuff. And well, she, she's a comedian, right? Kind of yeah, a, like. A in a, in a, a talent comedian, entertainer. Yeah. And, you know, you don't see many women her size.
1: mm Oh, she's a thick one, but she's sexy too.
0: <laughs> do Do you think that's an advantage for her? I uh, think she's
2: made it an advantage. She's made it an advantage. Yeah, okay. because I do remember, like maybe about ten years ago, there was it was popular like a pochari, like chubby, yeah. chubby uh, comedians and stuff. And I think no, she's really owned it basically, okay. and the timing is good for her. Yes, you know, and she she's talented. So this is you know she can sing, she can dance, she can perform. You know, she designs. So I think she understands her what she can do with her, her attributes as well. Yes. Yeah. I think um, if she didn't have the confidence that she had, she wouldn't be as attractive.
0: You just hit on it. I was yeah. just about to say she has confidence. She exuberates yeah. confidence, I think. that That's what helps her. Uh, mm. So it's just cool to see her uh, breaking some barriers in a sense, yeah. you know,
1: with... Um, Big beautiful women. Yeah, Mm, absolutely. Yeah, inspiring other. I hope I. I I'd love to meet her one day.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Who knows? It could happen.
1: Yeah. So, what does a lady like you, hard-driving career lady like you, do in her off time? Do you, I don't know, swim, play pool, or, or you know, what did I do? What uh, what did
2: I do yesterday? Oh, okay. (laughs) That's my Uh, off time. Ah, I really like to, um, I've got like I said, a nice circle of friends <laughs> who, so some of them have been here for a while. So really normal stuff, like go around to their place and, you know, we'll, you know have brunch and drink some nice champagne, um, go out to eat, um, sometimes travel. I love onsen whenever I can. Um, also, I, I, I really like to do exercise as much as possible. I don't go to the gym, but I have a cross trainer at home, okay. which I use and I use this morning. So that gives me a lot of energy as well.
0: No more raves?
2: Ah it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while.
0: <laughs> yeah, I mean I I I'm connected with some people, man. I can let you know about the waves, you know. <laughs> wow. <laughs>
2: I used to, like, you know, womb and places like that. Yeah, mm. yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah back in the day. Okay. Um, but recently, I'm, I'm a little bit, a bit, I'm a bit calmed down. <laughs> M- more of a Netflix.
0: Gotcha.
1: Netflix yeah, all, and chill.
2: Like or, to, like, to go to friend's place and, you know, watch together and enjoy and drink and, you know, that favorite, kind of
1: thing. Favorite Netflix show. That you're currently watching?
2: Um, Well, not currently watch anything, but I I recently watched Black Mirror, and that was Mm. fantastic. Yeah, Um, yeah, that was great. Um, Wow, yeah, billions. I haven't watched. You know, I need to get on that because I'm paying, and I should. Blacklist. (laughs) Blacklist is totally lost on this topic. Like, okay, well that's a bit this isn't that finished now? Like it's pretty old.
1: Isn't oh well, it? yeah, it's season seven's coming out is in it? twenty twenty. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. So you don't you don't like the Raymond Reddington character?
2: He's a bit cheesy, don't you think? But in a funny way. Cheesy yeah, yeah, and yeah. a bit um camp in a great way, in a funny mm. way. Yeah, I used to watch it before. Um yeah, Netflix. Probably the only thing I find with Netflix, I actually have to think about what I want to watch and then because there's so up. much yeah that's the yeah, thing so but much content sometimes yeah. with YouTube it just arrives in front yeah. of you, you know? yeah. yeah that's, that's <laughs> me I'm, I'm, I'm a
0: YouTuber I just yeah I I'm, I'm, like...
2: yeah, must admit I'm, although I'm paying for Netflix I'm on YouTube <laughs> a lot more <laughs> to be honest yeah
0: yeah
1: oh okay 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 mm.
2: alright
0: well thank you oh, appreciate you sharing sharing your, your world with us your journey your Backpacking yeah. and yeah,
1: raves, raves and <laughs> yeah.
2: We didn't even get onto that, but that that would Do- be another
1: story. Dodging bombs and yeah. yeah. I think I'm gonna go home and drink myself. <laughs> To uh, I don't know to um, uh, into like, a coma because you just said Raymond Reddington is a cheesy oh that's my guy oh really <laughs> yeah, but I, said, I, I just love how cool and cheesy. calm he is before he puts bullets in guys that's what that's what I like about che-
2: cheesy even uh, but in the in a you know in a in a, in a cute way
1: yeah, <laughs> I was expecting words like eccentric. Oh that, that's debonair. that's a good
2: word. Yeah. debonair I don't know about that one, but <laughs> eccentric, absolutely. I'll go with that one.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh that's cool.
2: That's cool. Mm.
0: Yeah, well shout out your, your, your company yeah. yeah social media and all that stuff. Yeah,
2: I mean um as I said, Anyal, digital marketing company. Um you can find us at anyal dot com. And also if you just put Anyal and Japan, you'll find us on uh, Facebook as well.
1: But I think you gotta throw the hyphen in there because I put An-Yal yeah. and something else came up.
2: Yeah, something Russian probably. <laughs> right, 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 right. An, it was. And hyphen yal So A N hyphen Y A L. As long as right. you put Tokyo, we're the only ones. So <laughs> yeah. we come up there. And
1: for you country peoples where I'm from, and y'all. it ain't no Y A L L. It makes it
2: sound very <laughs> Nice. Yeah. <laughs> I don't to say. we going to Ann Yow's,
1: You know. Yeah. Very
2: southern. Perhaps. Yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm. Well, that's me, but yeah. Okay. All but right. anyway, it's been a pleasure. Thank it you, has. Chioma. Thank you very
2: much for inviting me. Yes. Oh,
1: it's been it was, wonderful. It was fun. Thank you. All right.
0: That's it from Tokyo. Roar Urban peace. Podcast. Peace, peace. Thank you for listening to the Roar Urban Mobile Podcast. For more episodes, please visit rump.podbean.com. Or you can head straight to Google and type in Raw Urban Mobile Podcasts." You can also listen to us on Spotify,
1: iTunes, and wherever you can stream or download podcasts.